Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And spring is here. We finally... I mean, last week, it kind of last weekend, it sort of hit. You're seeing uh, the wild cherries of that prunus. There's a white flower out in the forest. It's in full bloom. Right after that, about the same time, a cousin of that purple leaf plum. So it's got a pink flower. And then when, the, when it's done, it has a purple leaf that kind of forms. That is starting to open up. And so that's kind of the leading edge. Forsythia, a bright gold shrub up to about head high or so. They were often they were often trimmed down to hip high or so, but covered in yellow flowers, and so you're you're seeing that uh, the uh, flowering heath or, or um, heather is an alpine perennial gets about knee high, covered in pink flowers, pink red to white flowers, depends on what model it is, but in full bloom. So spring, these are all indications that it's we're here, and so the daffodils are up gotta be eight inches tulips are up so they aren't in bloom yet but they will be by next week so it's right here this is when things are really going and so we had some snow flurries kind of earlier last week now we're this weekend it hit uh, last weekend it hit nice weather and now we're starting to, to flirt with 70 degrees i like the pattern that's showing up as far as for fruit trees and flowering shrubs if we slowly warm up and we don't have these violent, it's really warm, now it's freezing cold. That messes with plants. And so your blooms don't last as long. It can take some flowers off your fruit trees. It can take some fruit off if it goes that, that extreme. If we slowly work our way up, it's teased the ball up. It could really be a great spring. Long spring bloomers. Lots of fruit, lots of grapes, lots of berries. The flowers will bloom longer, brighter, faster. So th- things are really actively working right now and it looks like the weather pattern is i don't know just ideal it's ideal this is an ideal time to garden i couldn't say you couldn't ask for a better window to start putting from shade trees to fruit trees to shrubs to to evergreens it is just ideal plants love they have less transplant shock when they have this time of temperate weather it's not too hot it's not too cold it's just right. This is a Goldilocks moment. Anyway, this is we're starting to see too. Um, my uh, winter blooming, uh, winter blooming jasmine, is in full bloom. My gopher spurge. So there's a whole series of of euphorbias or sedums. These are low growing, kind of like cactus in how hardy they are, only without the thorns. And so yuccas could sort of kind of be there, but these are shorter than that. So your euphorbias and your, which gopher spurge, rainbow ascot euphorbia, these they're, they're cousins of each other. Gopher spurge, the rumor is you plant one gopher plant. That's what the name, that's a common name is. One gopher plant in the yard keeps gophers away. That, that is not true. That does not have, I've tried it. They don't eat the roots of gopher plant. But it doesn't repel gophers. I guess you'd have to have a field of them to really repel them. Uh, but but it is pretty. It's super drought hardy. 
It's got this blue kind of prehistoric foliage. It screams I'm from Arizona. And it's in full color right now. Bright yellow flowers are covering that particular plant. The rainbow ascot euphorbia is much like it. It actually is covered, not covered. It's starting to have flowers emerge. So it's elongating. So the flower buds are, are, are there. But it's got kind of a Dr. Seuss looking flower to it. The flower is exactly the same color as the foliage. It's really cool. Starting to flower. So starting to go. So, so spring is here. It's starting to happen. You plant those with an underplanting of like sedum. Sedums are generally really low growing. So they're going to be ground hugging. There's blues and burgundies and chartreuse. There's all kinds of these really rough and tumble like, like rock garden kind of plants. They're all active. They're loving this kind of weather. Pansies, snapdragons are starting to elongate and starting to set, set flowers. So spring is here. If you're thinking about gardening, it's time. It is definitely time to put your onions, garlics, uh, your, your lettuce, spinach, these early spring plants. It is, I mean, you don't want to wait too long or you can miss the window on it. So really those things should be in by the end of March for sure. Uh, first week in April, I mean, that's, then you're really pushing the limits of that crop. You, you, you need to get them in right away. So those, those are things that are happening. Right now, you have got a huge opportunity for your flowering shrubs. So we are in an, uh, a zone, the Central Highlands area. And the Central Highlands, I would say, is 35, 3,800 foot level and above, up to about 6,500 feet. So that includes Highland Pines and Groom Creek, all the way down to Camp Verde, Jerome, Cottonwood, Sedona, Dewey, Humboldt's, and everyone in between. So obviously Hillside, Kirkland, those areas. The spring season, it's it's cool enough in the winter to really set the stage for plants like lilacs. You will find, you will not find a, a better selection of lilacs than right now. Now through the end of April or so, you've got a great selection of lilacs. Lilacs need winter. They need the cold to set that flower bud. So people down in Phoenix and Tucson, they want to grow it, but it can't. It's, it doesn't get cold enough for them to set that flower bud, but we do. And then we're so mild that it's got a very long bloom cycle, that, that fragrant, lilac fragrance. Oh, your grandparents grew one that was called the common lilac. But there's so many, she would be jealous, totally jealous of all the varieties you've got access. There's white and yellows and reds and pinks. There's dwarf varieties. We're finding more and more dwarf. Generally, lilacs grow up well above head high. They can almost get too big for certain areas. Then you've got to have, you've got to have a pruning technique to keep them back down to head height or so. And they're naturally going to go to 8, 10, 12 feet. But if you want them down to chest high or head high, you're going to have to prune them. After they're done blooming, you got to prune them back real hard. Then fertilize them, they'll, they'll kind of fill back out. But there's all these dwarf varieties like uh, Bloomerang. Bloomerang is it's a series of repeat blooming dwarf varieties of lilacs that are magical. They only get up, I've got one that's maybe six years old, and it's only hip high, if that. Maybe it's three feet, about four feet wide. And it has the same fragrant blue or purple. There's a couple colors. Flower. It, the flower is a little shorter because it is a dwarf, but it makes up for it in sheer quantity. There's, there's three times as many flowers on this 
Bloomerang Lilac. This is your window. If you wanted more fragrance and color and brightness and butterflies and hummingbirds and magic in the garden, and you're going to do that with a lilac, this is the time. This is the best time. Now, as we get into, into let's say, summer, let's say June, I'll have lilacs, but I'll have two varieties, and they'll be up both common. I'll run out of the dwarfs for sure. I mean, that dwarf variety is is like perfect for a lot of locations. It grows in containers. It grows out in the yard. It's versatile, raised beds. So I, I tend to run out of that crop. And the, once a crop rotation is out, there's no way to go hit the button and make more, not until next year. I mean, you have to forecast 9, 10, 12, three years ahead of time of when you want how many you think you're going to sell. Once that crop is done, there's there can't I'm going to go on the internet. <laughs> go ahead. There's no more of them. I guarantee you there's none. So they're out till next year. But I'll have the common lilacs, maybe one or two blue, like blue sky or Mr. Lincoln or sensation. I'll have a couple varieties, but now, oh my goodness, uh, forsythia. Same thing. There's a dwarf varieties of forsythia. It's this bright gold uh, looking, uh, it's a flowering shrub right now. It gets up about head high or so. Um, there's, there's, there's a couple varieties. Really, we're breeding that for flower size. So we're trying to create some that have bigger, brighter, longer lasting flowers. So you see a couple varieties that way. But forsythia, every yard should have one because it sets a stage. It's the it's a shrub that blooms right before lilac does. So about the time that one's done, then the lilacs come on. So there's this rotation of color through spring. Great time to plant. Great, great selection of spring blooming shrubs and trees at, at your garden centers now. Be right back with Lisa Watersline and your garden questions after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heat, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, Prescott Pansy. Prescott Pansy's giant three-inch flowers thrive in extreme March gardens. Large velvety blooms dazzle with radiant colors of blue, violet, yellow, and variations of stripes that look like smiling faces and love being planted in March. Shop the brightest spring flowers in store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters' 61st Spring Open House. A record number of Waters farmers are here showing off their newest, brightest flowers all weekend. Friday, we show off this year's prettiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, hot dogs on the barbie, plant giveaways, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 61st Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 10th through 12th. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are people talking about? And oh, are people talking? So I'm like, I'm now mobbed as I walk across the garden. It's finally <laughs> nice to have gardeners out. We've it been is. pent up way too long. Uh, my goodness. So, Long winter. I'm glad it's over. Yeah. Welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. Good yeah, to be back. I keep hearing over and over and over. I think it's been winter since like last summer. It's been <laughs> terrible. 
So they're just really tired of all this cold. And, mm -hmm. and so they want to get it. And now they, they finally said, we're all going to go. It's like in unison. Someone hit a button and everyone went, garden center. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's nice. fun. It's fun. I love the energy of people out. Um, they get excited about seeing plants. They get excited about seeing the colors, the smells. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun thing. I haven't seen any butter. I saw one little butterfly. But I really haven't seen, I've seen lots of box elder beetles. I know mm. the aphids are out. Bees so are you're, out. You're, bees are out? Mm -hmm. Gotcha. They're on the on the lavender, not uh, rosemaries yeah. and what they're is it, manzanitas and stuff. around looking for stuff. You yeah. gotcha. They're hungry when they first come out of the oh, hive. Yeah. They've been hibernating for four or five months. Mm -hmm. They're looking for any kind of flower. Right. So. When we've got it. We got flowers. <laughs> Pansies, violas. I, I was teaching a class and um, people were walking out going, what are you? What does that smell? <laughs> it's it's violas. Go, no, that's not it. Going, Here, picked up a bottle of it. And it was a little eight inch or ten inch right. baskets. Here, smell this. Goes, yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's a viola. They do smell good. I <laughs> love do. walking by them because it is just a really nice, sweet smell. It feels like spring. It smells it like spring. Robin Williams said, "Spring. It's when the part. It's when the what did he what did he quote it? He said, uh, spring is when the landscape." says let's party or no, no <laughs> spring is when the gardens say let's party and they all just kind of open up all at once mm -hmm. you gotta love robin oh my gosh miss yes. him he's a very good comedian yes he was so right. with that we go questions? from comedy my bad comedy <laughs> or misstepped comedy to questions and we've got right so sherry would like to know she has some ornamental grasses she's got mooly grass carl forrester and some pampas grass Great. wants to know when should those be cut back yeah okay that's easy sure Sherry, is that did I get that right? Yes. Okay, so Sherry, um, now there you go, cut them back. <laughs> Simple answer. So March, usually end of whenever. So after the new year, here's when you cut back grasses. After the new year, mm -hmm. whenever the snow finally beats them up, they start to lay down <laughs> and look terrible. So pampas grass, they had those beautiful plumes at the end of the year, and then they just got snow and they just kind of fell over. And they looked like this mangled mess. Yeah. That's your cue. So whenever they start bugging you, they said they look bad. Cut them back now. How far? Mm -hmm. So the pamp everything goes back to about ankle high, except for the pampas grass. That one will go back to about knee high, and you'll see where that matting of the uh, I call it curly cues or there's mm -hmm. under matting. Take it back to there. Okay. And so you want fresh new, you want fresh new growth coming up, not competing with the last year's growth. Mm -hmm. So it has this brown yeah. kind of mangled dead. look dead look <laughs> yeah get rid of all the dead in fact your coral forester grass i'll bet that's already got some new growth starting to come mm -hmm. up so things Those are actively growing yeah. cut it back fertilize them with the all-purpose plant food that 744 food it's got bird guano basically in it and the the bird poop grasses just think they've died and gone to heaven they, this is great and they just grow like crazy and we mixed with the with the bird guano cottonseed meal, which makes better plumes. So you mm -hmm. get better better flowers or plumes coming up on those grass, and so that's kind of how you do it. So Sherry, okay. now get busy. I'd say I would say in the next two to three weeks you should yeah. have them all cut back and fertilized. Okay. Next question is from Randall in Prescott Valley. He wants to know what is the difference between a shrub rose and a tea rose, and will one do better in a container? <laughs> Randall. I could do a whole section, whole whole show just on that question alone. Let's see if I can summarize this really quick. And so 
His was shrub and tea roses. So hybrid teas, those are the ones that your grandmother grew. Long stem roses with great big flower, traditional rose. Mm -hmm. On top of that, there's a long stem rose that has one or multi, it's almost like a firework went off. So boing, like multiple flowers on the end of this long stem. Those are called Floribunda roses. Mm -hmm. They typically get about the same size, hip high or so, right. that kind of thing. Then you go to shrub roses. Mm -hmm. Shrub roses are low care. I want lots of color and I don't want to think about it. I don't want to count back three nodes, <laughs> cut it at a 45 degree angle. And just I just want it to bloom. And mm -hmm. we use them for hedges, use them in containers. We use them. Mm -hmm. To, to, to line property lines. Uh, they get up about hip to maybe chest high or so, depending on the model. That's the difference. Now that one will have a smaller flower, but more of them. Right. So there's more flowers and they tend to, all of these are repeat bloomers. So all that we sell here at Waters, we know people want not just one flower once and done. We want flowers for the whole season. Those are repeat blooming roses. Mm -hmm. All of these come in repeat they come in multiples, but if you're shopping here at Waters, we only sell repeat blooming roses. So that's the difference. Then the last one, I guess there's two others. We've got ground cover roses or carpet roses. Mm -hmm. These are roses that get no higher than knee high, maybe even shorter than that. And they kind of sprawl. They spread out. Instead of going up in a shrub, they spread out and they're great for ground covers. Mm -hmm. And so we'll use those at the edge of driveways at the front end of raised beds and they flow over in between boulders. They love the full sun, take the heat and they bloom kind of like a shrub rose. So mm -hmm. smaller flowers, but a lot of them in continual bloom comes in lots of colors. Or the last one. Oh, I got a uh, 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 vining or climbing roses. These are the big boys. I got a fence. I wanted to climb up the fence. I wanted to climb up a trellis. I want to go down a barbed wire fence. These are climbing roses. They're big. They'll get easily 10 foot tall and 10 foot wide with a classic big, kind of like a hybrid tea, mm -hmm. a big flower to them in lots of different colors. And that's right. your difference. What would I grow into in a, in a pot? Let's go back to Randall's. This is just Original for everyone. Let's go back to this. <laughs> bring it back around. Randall, I would, I would go with shrub roses. Mm -hmm. Any of these roses will grow. Not any of them. I'd say shrub, hybrid tea, floribunda, or the... Um, Carpets will all grow in containers. Mm -hmm. I get a container that's at least 18 inches wide by deep. You can go a little bit bigger, yeah. 20 inches or so, a bigger pot. Mm -hmm. You're better off. It'll last for years and years it will grow in that pot. Plant it directly into water's potting soil. That's our grower's mix. And that, that's a medium that roses just love. They'll root into that and, and, and give you flowers nonstop mm -hmm. for years. Pick your favorite color and roll with it. Yeah. Did we get all of his questions? I think we so. Got it? It went too so. far. Sorry. <laughs> that was a complicated question. Do we so, do a class on roses? Uh, I have. I've got uh, an article written right now. In fact, okay. I just released on our website how to prune roses. Okay. So there's lots of information if you're looking. But yeah. Or come in and talk to us. We've We're got uh, lots of new varieties of roses right now in stock. Mm -hmm. And then the third or fourth week, we'll look at the weather. We have a thousand roses showing up all in bloom. Mainly floribundas and grandifloras, hybrid teas, mm -hmm. all the traditional ones. They'll all be at bloom at once. We're, we're front loading for Mother's Day weekend. So yeah. lots of color. So that's kind of the sequence. You can plant them whenever you find them. Stay away from bare root roses. Can I tell you that? I was at 
I won't say which box store, but it's in the middle of this warehouse. These bare root roses. It's a rose that was dug out of the ground, thrown into a plastic bag with some sawdust, has no roots, and it was starting to grow in the bag with no light. No, I'm just going, anyone that buys one of those is doomed, doomed to failure. Don't do that. We don't sell bare root roses here because they fail 50% of the time. And that's with gardeners taking care of them. Mm -hmm. If you're buying it out of a warehouse, you're even less than that, but you're just doomed. Go with, a rooted, in, uh, go with a rooted rose. Our springs are, are rough, but if you put in a, a bare root, it's kind of going to struggle. So. Kennelly Selane, the oh Mountain gosh, Gardeners. Done. We are <laughs> out of time. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Prescott Pansies, Mountain Heath, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Oklahoma Redbud. Oklahoma Redbud grows to just 16 feet tall. This local native is super easy to grow. Vibrant red flowers cloak the branches of early spring. Luscious heart-shaped leaves emerge with a soft pink tinge that matures to a vibrant green. Shop the brightest blooming trees in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. We believe in picking apples and pears fresh from the tree at Waters Garden Center. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So if there's any advice I can give new folks, new, new people here to Arizona, first year at this elevation, starting to grow gardens. And let's say you bought a house from someone and it's 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 20 years old. The landscape can be a bit overgrown or it is fully mature. Uh, you really do want to care for those plants. It's a time to remodel. You can pull some old things out, probably needs it. Some of your native trees, like the pinyon pines and ponderosas and elms, they probably need a professional touch. It's time to prune those things back. I would say prune, clean things up in the next, no two, three, four weeks. This is your season for cleaning things up. And then fertilize things, especially your evergreens. The evergreens, it didn't get that cold this winter. We had one one cold cycle and that was for a couple days and then it was warm. I mean, relatively speaking to winter. So normally we can go down to single digits, zero degrees I've seen several times. That's cold. That kind of cold kills off the predators that go after and eat you know, insects that eat things like your ponderosa pines, pinion pines, junipers. So you really do want to care for those. New subdivisions, if you've got um, 
brand new landscapes, you just want them to fill in faster. You want them to look better. So you want them to look fuller. I don't, uh, so they're just simply feeding those plants right now will help encourage more maturity, more growth, bulk up faster uh, for this season. So you get the most out of this growing season. You get the most out of that privacy screen, those shade trees, those spring blooming, summer blooming shrubs. Fertilizing, I can't emphasize that enough, how important that is. We fertilize more here in the mountains of Arizona than anywhere else in the country because our soils are so bad. Uh, we water so much. And there's just no nutrients naturally occurring in your landscape, in your soil, the dirt. You, When you dig a hole, you won't even find one worm. I mean, just it's so, so lacking of everything vital to helping plants to grow. And so you'll need to replenish that. And that's why we encourage when you plant, you want to plant, you want to add some compost. We call it water's premium mulch. We screen down this really fine grade organic that helps to supercharge the soil. So the, the mycorrhizals will come back, will repopulate that living organism that's, that attaches to the roots of the plants and help it to grow and flush new roots. Not only that, we encourage you to add compost. We actually put mycorrhizal colonies into our plants. So the roots already have them there. If we give them any kind of organics, to feed off of in the surrounding soil, they're naturally going to attach to the to the roots, the plant's roots, and start to elongate into those surrounding soils. It's kind of the magic why our plants live. We got this very sophisticated. You don't see that with a plant. Red tip photinia is a red tip photinia. That's not true. The soil is where all the activity, the roots of that plant are there, where the magic really happens when you're going to grow a fresh new apple tree or, or new maple or spruce tree it's so much more than that but getting that soil right is going to make a difference right now you really want to be fertilizing add some organic plant food and so fertilizer i gotta i gotta for you folks from the south and the midwest you think that's just manure i'm not talking fertilizer is manure there's a place for that and we've got some really good poop in a bag but i'm really talking about a more balanced even uh, with some micronutrients. So we've got nitrogen, phosphorus, potash, and iron, and magnesium, and sulfur. We have the whole palette. The, the, so it's, if you're thinking in terms of people at a fine, fine dining experience, we've got a, an appetizer, a main dish, a after dish, a soup, a salad, and a dessert all in one plant food. And that's what plants will feed off of. The beauty with an organic food is it slowly breaks down as the mycorrhizal colonies break that food down and liquefy it and bring it down into the into the root zone the plants are able to pick up more of that food over a much longer period of time it really works so we make our we make a couple so i make a, a, a 744 all-purpose plant food if you're not sure what to use use that one it's granular you spread it out in the yard it's a game changer for things, especially evergreens. Oh, they really like that stuff. Your natives, that those native trees, feed those at least once this year. Do it in the spring. It's when you get the most benefit of that, of that elongated growth. Pine trees generally, spruce, cypress, they generally only flush one set of growth. And, and when spring's done, that's it. There is no more. It's going to lock into place, and that's all you get for this year. So to elongate that, to make it as healthy as you can right now, 
that's going to it's going to help that plant to mitigate some of the damage that was done by the bark beetles and the ips borers, the flathead borers, the tip borers, all the things that eat pine trees. They're, they weren't killed off this winter. It's really bad. Spar uh, pinion pine scale, it's, it's really bad. So you really do want to protect those. I'd mentioned last week, also at the same time, putting plant protector. There's a there's a liquid antibiotic, basically. You can pour right around the trunk of the tree and the plant will absorb this and it takes out the insects that might be burrowing into the trunk, burrowing into the tips or up to the, the needles. I would do that at the same time. It's, it's going to be, I just don't want this in June to be helping a wave of customers uh, with, with problems that could have been solved by doing some things right now. It makes a big difference. Well, we've got uh, Lisa Watersling coming back in the studio with her segment right after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Fruit cocktail trees turn any backyard into a veritable farmer's market. At Waters, we've grafted onto one tree different types of cherries apples and pears for easy backyard fruit picking. These small fruit trees grow in containers just off the patio in smaller yards. Anyone can grow a fruit cocktail tree. You'll find braided cocktail trees with multiple fruits beautifully braided into one tree. Fruit cocktail trees are ready to plant at Waters Garden Center in Prescott and watersgardencenter.com. We believe in family, church, community, and friendships here at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Austrian Pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for planting. This pine has the same long needles as our Ponderosa Pine without all the problems. And these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing of the pines and lots of sizes to choose from. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. We give her this segment each week just to talk about or to rant on whatever garden <laughs> thing she wants. So, welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. I do not rant. That is your job. You're the ranter. <laughs> I don't rant. It's rare that I rant. Mm. I, I, I mean, every once in a while I get on my soap. A rant is I'm upset about something I want everyone to know. I, I just try to inform and have fun talking about it. I like spinning words. <laughs> talking, talking, talking. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, dude. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up now. <laughs> that jets. <laughs> So this segment is uh, spring perennials. Okay. So your first question should be, what is a perennial? So Lisa, what is a perennial? <laughs> so perennials are those plants that come back every year. So there's different types of perennials. There's herbaceous. There's different kinds of perennials. But mainly thing to know is they come back every year. Perennial and permanent are both start once and done. Plant it once and you're done. Right. A lot of people get it confused with the annual because yeah. they think, oh, annual every year. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's not that. So I brought in a few examples for those of you that are watching. You'll get to see these. Uh, but we do have some really pretty already blooming 
uh, perennials in. And the first one is the Armeria. This one is Garden oh, Dreams. Dreams Sweet Armeria. Dreams. So it's beautiful. It is. So it has little ball flowers to it. Um, this one has a pink, kind of a, almost a lavender-ish uh, yeah. color to it. They come in white. They come in pink. They kind of have a grassy base that these flowers shoot out of. Oh, I would say six to eight inches above yeah. that little grassy mound. A beautiful little spring flower. And I think, do they bloom all season or just in the spring? They bloom mainly through all, all through spring. But they okay. continue to put up, if you fertilize them right, they'll keep right. putting up these flowers. Yeah. Summer, they're, they're going to take a little bit of a break. Yeah. Um, but, but they're long blooming. And they'll bloom oh, yeah, for very, quite a long time. This reminds me of a pin cushion flower or scabiosa oh. on steroids the flower the foliage is the same right but the flowers are actually larger than a pin cushion flower and they're more ball shaped it's like it's like a dr seuss flower yeah. perennial mm -hmm. of scabiosa or, or pin cushion flower but it's got that kind of flower mm -hmm. butterflies are going to love this definitely uh, when they're migrating up they are going to find this and land on it um, I would think hummingbirds be, would like it too. I would too. think it so too. It kind of has yeah. that little tubular yeah. look in the flowers. A perennial, full sun right mm -hmm. there in the gardens. Put put some rock and asphalt around and kick dirt at it. Loves the heat. It's still yeah. going to bloom every yeah. single year. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. So it's really pretty. Armeria. Mm -hmm. uh, dream. Dreams Armeria. Dreams. I didn't know the dream. Anyway, <laughs> there we go. So that's a, a real pretty one. The other one that we've got in. So this is a new uh, Dianthus carnation, um, which are, they come in whites and reds and pinks and you name it. They're usually very fragrant. They come in simple blooms and double blooms. This is a new one um, called Constant Cadence Potpourri. Constant Cadence. That's a terrible really name. Really cool. Potpourri I but like. See all the different Does colors look like a potpourri. in there. Yeah. Uh, so it's got light pink. It's got purple. It's got the dark pink. Uh, just a real splash of color out there in the yard. Very fragrant. Kind of has like a cinnamon, cinnamon. Oh, it does. That smells. Smell. Mm -hmm. That smells amazing. It does. Oh wow! And animals like like a javelina do not like typically it. don't eat this. They're right. fine with it, so because mm -hmm. they don't like that smell, right? Or the taste. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like I said, it comes in a variety. I like this one just because it's splash of color. Look at that! It's beautiful. Uh, but you can get white. You can get red. Uh, but there's another. Well, mix pink. a mix yeah. of white and red and pink. So. Yeah. And this one does bloom pretty consistently throughout the whole season. It's so crazy. If you deadhead it, it will bloom again. Yeah. If you so deadhead, take take those spent flowers, it comes mm -hmm. back again. Definitely need to deadhead it, but it's a continual bloom. If you were to hit this, deadhead it and hit it every, not hit it, fertilize it. <laughs> with your flower power. Twice a month with flower power. Yeah. It would be nonstop riotous color mm -hmm. right through the year. And animals aren't going to eat this. Again, this is, anytime you see the word pinks, carnation, or dianthus. Mm -hmm. They're all the same. Same family. They're all perennials that come back. The the flower size, so carnations mm -hmm. are a little bit bigger. Uh, a dianthus a little bit smaller, and pinks are a little bit smaller yet, but they have more flowers. Mm -hmm. But you know you've got a good plant from the mountains of Arizona. They're going to bloom mm -hmm. a long time with easy very, care. Very well-grown in containers. Oh, yeah. I have them in several containers, and they're just as happy as can be. There you go. Yeah. Potpourri, dianthus. So Let's some of the... Cadence. <laughs> so we've also got blanket flower in, otherwise known as galardia. So we do have that in. That usually has that orangey to red flower on it. Yeah. There again, there's a few varieties within it. 
uh, but a great plant for here. Also animal resistant because it has kind of that fuzzy leaf to it. They don't like it gets caught in their throat. So they just kind of... <coughs> <laughs> I need stop up. on that one. Uh, we did get some salvia gradiis and some oh, of those autumn sages. Some are in blue. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. So I think most of them are kind of the pinkish, purpley color, yeah. not the red, but those are probably aren't far behind. Uh, beautiful selection of columbine have come in. I saw those. Yeah, Stunning. Very nice. So uh, yellows, but you also get them in blues and reds. Uh, some They have a songbird mix that has all the colors in it. Um, nice plant for here underneath some of those trees where it gets a little bit of shade. It's a native. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a yellow. I think that's our state flower. Or it's our state. I don't know what it is. Anyway, Columbine's mentioned in the state. Where it's a <laughs> yellow one. It's mainly up towards the flag, but the mountainous areas, it comes up as a wallflower under the canopies of the pine trees and stuff. So mm -hmm. yellow is not going to be eaten by the animals. Sometimes I'll eat the, the, the other colors. So they're right. tastier, I guess. It's just been personal experience. Mm -hmm. So if you're out in the forest, go yellow. Everyone else, get the fun colors. There There's go. all kinds of them. It's like a rainbow of columbine out there and they're in bloom right now so beautiful um we also have not blooming but real pretty is the blue fescue grasses yeah. um, i like those because they're real pretty in containers or along your uh, perennial beds uh, so we got some new of those in just real pretty and soft green reminds you of easter yeah. Yeah. yeah um the other thing we got in is the rainbow ascot euphorbia so this is a great plant for here. Multiple colors on the um, leaves, kind of a pinks and greens and creams. Usually in, I want to say April, maybe bloom. Yeah, April, May. Uh, to or, June. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, a chartreuse green bloom on it that lasts a crazy long time. But it is so bright out there. So you get that really bright bloom with the multicolor and the leaves. Very attractive. Uh, takes our cold weather, actually stays evergreen in the wintertime. It is evergreen, although the snow got on ours and had them lay over. So I might trim them back just Definitely. to fertilize them just to get them to perk back up. Right, right. Very low water usage. Critters don't like it. Yeah. Um, we've grown them in the ground and we've grown them in containers. They do excellent both ways. Um, it's a cousin of the, well, it's the Euphorbia family. So it's cousin of the gopher spurge or the gopher plant that yeah. people like. But I just think it's prettier. It's got a lot more color to it. Well, if you like golds and reds and greens, it's prettier. If you like blues, the gopher plant is probably better because it's blue. One color, boring sky blue. <laughs> but and it blooms that bright green too. So that's real pretty. It's got, I think, I think gopher spurge has yellow. Gold colored or something. Anyway, we'll look <laughs> that up online at uh, Water's website, Top 10 Plants. It'll have it right there. You can see them in blue. Oh, it will. Okay. <laughs> uh, we also got in some sweet pea. Uh, so the not the edible, although I have the edible eating one too. But the sweet pea that blooms that really, uh, I have them in six packs. They get the strong smelling blooms on them. Really pretty. Those only come in in the spring. So. Yeah, that's just a spring bloomer. It's a spring. Mm -hmm. You need it now. Yeah. I did find out at, a, at an event earlier last week, you can't say the word edible anymore. <laughs> the edible to us is like fruit trees, berries, tomatoes. To everyone else, it's not that. Right. So um, we'll flowering, <laughs> delicious. Things you can eat. You can eat. Yeah, there we go. That's how you say it. We just said it. Anyway, Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be right back. Taking a break. Got more for you right after this.
Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. We believe searching Waters plants are better than a Google search at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heat, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Prescott Pansy. Prescott Pansy's giant three-inch flowers thrive in extreme March gardens. Large velvety blooms dazzle with radiant colors of blue, violet, yellow, and variations of stripes that look like smiling faces and love being planted in March. Shop the brightest spring flowers in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. Hi, Ken here with the finds of the week and our Deodore Cedars. A standalone tree so beautifully shaped it's referred to as the Christmas tree. Fastest growing of the evergreen trees used for quick screens, windbreaks, and privacy. Graceful arches sweep through the landscape in colors of blue to green from the stately tree. And evergreen lovers dream for fast, thick growth. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love majestic evergreens, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. All right, we are back with Ken Lane and the Mountain Gardener. And one of the benefits of having a studio right here on the right here at the garden center, right here, Waters Garden Center, my office, I've got a radio studio. And so when you get friends that come in and they've got like true talent, you're going, oh, oh, Andy, you, you've got to come in here and share that information with me. So uh, Andy Dannenberger with Fertilome, he is one of the foremost uh, uh, knowledgeable, uh, anytime you grow a plant, you need foods, bug killers, uh, fungicides, you need things to make those plants grow and look well. Well, Andy is the guy in the country that we go to that helps us grow our plants better here at Waters Garden Center. So, Andy, welcome to uh, the Mountain Gardener and Waters Garden Center. Well, thank you very much. This is so, so tell us about yourself. So, your title keeps expanding. You've been with Fertilome how long? And then you're like, you control like the country, right? Or some crazy, well, my huge. T- my title is a senior regional sales manager okay. or just sales manager. But yes, I am uh, cover the Western United States. So okay. I live in Southern California. I physically call in California, Nevada, and Hawaii. But I'm responsible for the Western U.S., yes. So how many people work underneath you? How many people? That's, that's no Six. small task. Six. Six. Yep. I got other regular regional managers across the, the Western part of the country, Pacific Northwest, Denver, Texas, yeah. Oklahoma. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. What I love about Fertilome is that they are a true co-op. So agriculture is, is used to co-op. So you are member-owned. Uh, you're, you're dealing with smaller dealers. You're, you're Correct. focused on not the box. You don't count on them at all because you, your patrons are us. Yep. I mean, I'm one of the owners yeah. of whatever. And It's two things. Two things we specialize that's so important to you um, and to independent dealers is ownership and protection. And like you said, we're a patron-owned company. So all of our 10,000 dealers that we do business with all over the country, they own Fertilome. And then not only that, protection part of it is that we only sell to independent uh, nurseries and garden centers, no mass merchants. I love it in that we have 
influence, like when we speak, what I call, I, I've got your cell number. I can call you direct. The, the guy, second from the top, I go, hey, Andy, uh, 24/7. You know, we're having a problem with this, or could you look into this, or could we actually put a request in for a Southwest mix of whatever? And you actually listen to us, and you've come up with products we do. that are actually made for this part of the country. Absolutely. Very, very responsive. And you only get that with a co-op. Uh, where, where people are coming together and go, we can do, we can't do it. The supply chain isn't there for us, but we can come together and make it for ourselves. And that's kind of your, yeah, your our go-to guy. That's the part of the ownership and where we respond to our dealers by what their needs are from what their consumers are telling them. So what are you seeing this year that's maybe different or what products seem to be trending or what could listeners that are, this is broadcast all over Northern Arizona, Henderson, I mean, basically this part of the country, what are something you maybe you could share that gardeners should look at that you think your fertile home can help them with? What are some things you're teaching other dealers? Right. Well, we have, you know, 350 SKUs that yeah. we have in our, in our barn that we sell through lawn and garden distribution all over the country. But uh, I think right here where you are and where we're working and the, the consumers that you have in Northern California, I mean, we, you specialize in three or four you know, or a half a dozen different SKUs that you have in, in your particular store. But Humic is always a really good one. Um, turf and Ornamental Weed and Grass Stopper is an excellent one, one that everybody should be applying right now at this time of the year to prevent those weeds from happening. And then once once spring really pops open and gets warmed up, then there's that triple action plus out there for, to control all those insects. Bugs, those are the, so. those are the, some, of the, some of the things that we have right now that uh, everybody should be looking at. So explain to folks Humic. Mm-hmm. You were explaining that to a class here earlier. Uh, had a class full of just students, local gardeners, and you you made it really. You made a case for humic, and right. I, I learned something. Could you share some of those? Yeah. Where it's harvested, how it works, and that was fascinating. Yeah, um, humic is interesting. Um, besides the name, I mean, it's it's lin, it's derived from linardite, and if you Google that, you'll learn a little bit more about it. But it's really old, decomposed material. Harvested deep down in the in the ground from um, mines in New Mexico and North Dakota, and we process that, put it in a bag. It's granular. Um, you sprinkle it on like fertilizer. It's a supplement. Has no MPK, so it's not a fertilizer, but it is a supplement. But it's a great, great product to unlock nutrients, feed microorganisms, detoxify the soil, and has some great drought properties. Now, I knew New Mexico, but not North Dakota. But is this a mine where you, do you see a vein of this yeah, composted? Yeah, exactly what it is. Is it fossilized, like yep, fossilized, compost or something? Or? Yep. Oh, it's just real rich mocha-looking, mm-hmm. yep. real flaky dark, material. Real dark brown, Looks organic-y. Yep. It's got a good smell to it. Yep. It's under our Natural Guard uh, um, label, um, so it fits right into there. It's humic acid, and it works great in the, so- in the soils to help unlock all those nutrients. Sometimes, you know, you have people I know come to the nursery, and they ask, you know, I've been fertilizing, fertilizing over time, but my plants or my lawn just don't seem to respond. And this is something that will help unlock those nutrients. So now, folks that, that are tuned in, so I, he, Andy comes in and he teaches our staff. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend like you're part of the staff, and I'm going to ask him questions that I really want to know the answer to. And it may not pertain directly to your backyard, but, but I hopefully we'll learn something together. But tell me if I'm selling this right or, or promoting it right. What I use the humic for is when a customer comes in and they have a stressed-out plant. And it just, the leaves are browning. You can tell it's been grossly overwatered or underwatered. It's just under stress. I go, oh, humic. 
you put this around and it will help that plant it will it will neutralize the plant and then help it to reform more roots underneath them am i explaining that right is there a better way to do that or does that seem to do it or what it does is also feeds microorganisms in the soil there we go natural ones or ones that are already in organic fertilizers and so it feeds those microorganisms and those microorganisms attach themselves to root hairs and roots on plants and trees and flowers and shrubs and vegetables everything and it it elongates and makes a healthier bigger root system and when you have that healthier root system you have what you have a healthier plant if you have a healthier plant, you have better fruits and flowers. That's perfect. Yeah, so that's that's perfect. Great. Mm-hmm. The other one is I, I tell folks put it in that new vegetable bed or flower bed exactly. where you're starting seed mm-hmm. uh, lawns, uh, but put it on a lawn before you put the seed down. And again, it makes sense. It'll help that root start forming and encourage longer root hairs. Yep. So the weed and grass stopper, the high yield weed and yep. grass stopper, that's you. Um, how does that work? I mean, that's can you give us the science behind that? So you you put it on the ground, keeps seed from even germinating. How does it do that? Yeah, it's it's pretty cool technology. It's a it's high yield turf ornamental weed and grass stopper. It's dimension. That's the okay. active ingredient, and it is creates a well, like a one inch gaseous layer on the surface of the soil, and it just basically prevents weed seeds from germinating, not allowing it to go up to the root, uh, the soil surface and germinate. And it does that, and it's active for about two to three months, depending on how much rain or water you get. Now, I tell folks, put it on now, early, before the weeds come up. You need it on before the weeds come up. And then put it on again right before the monsoon season hits. So we have its rain rain cycle in July. You can put it on, that weed and grasshopper, before the rains come, that's when the tumbleweeds, uh, the goat head, whorehound starts to come up. Those nasty weeds. They're really bad. Put it on before, and you won't have weeds. Exactly. But it, it starts to form that that gaseous layer, that one inch, mm-hmm. the way you explained it. It starts to germinate, and it doesn't allow it to get to the surface. Is that what exactly. you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. Oh. That's exactly how it okay. works. It, and like I said, it's a pre-emergent. So it prevents anything that, to happen. Yeah. yeah. Magical stuff. The, my favorite product that you have, absolute, my number one. It's always in my garage, always on the shelf triple action and you mentioned that just briefly passed over it the best organic bug control ever and i've tried them all yeah it's my triple action it aphids mealybugs on house plants i mean it's safe for cats safe for dogs they're not going to hurt hummingbirds that triple action that anytime someone goes this is a is this a bug is it a problem yeah it's a problem it's eating your plant (laughs) i always go triple action because it's got a broad Range. That, keep that up. Don't let that product go. Yeah, exactly. That is a magical. It's a contact spray. It's curative. So when you see the insects on your plants, um, fruits, flowers, vegetables, whatever, you spray that right right then. Yeah. It's derived from pyrethrins and neem. Um, it's completely organic. It's in the natural gut, or excuse me, it's in the Fertilome label. Um, it's OMRI certified. Um, so it's great and safe to use in your yard. Andy Dannenberger with Fertilome, the guy that controls this half of the country for that particular co-op. Thank you for being here, Andy. You're Appreciate very welcome. That. Means Thanks a lot. for being here. I feel special, so just having you here in the studio, much less at the Garden Center. All right, we will be back in just a moment after these important messages. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. 
The colors of spring are bursting at Water's 61st Spring Open House. A record number of Water's farmers are here showing off their newest, brightest flowers all weekend. Friday, we show off this year's prettiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, hot dogs on the barbie, plant giveaways, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center 61st Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 10th through 12th. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe you're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. At Waters Garden Center, you've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So there are two peak windows, not the only, but the, the peak, the best, the, the, the opportunity is, is unique. If you're going to overseed or start a new lawn, either by seed or by sod, the months of March and the months of October months, the months of March and October are your peak windows. So you can overseed right now and the, the seed will come up within days and the pressure is off for watering. So you can do it in, in April, June, July, but it's hot. So you got to be right on with that watering. So you better have a clock that kind of waters multiple times a day. It's complicated. Or in the monsoon season, so August, September, yes, you can start lawn then, but we get these afternoon gully washers, it's just monsoon rains that get your, picked your seed up and have them float around. So it's not as consistent that you don't have that in October. And so this is, these are, this is your peak window for starting lawns or overseeding or expanding a lawn. I'm talking about mowing lawn. So I would even say it's a good time to start your, your meadows. So we've got wild grasses that uh, we've created. Some are for, we call it the native mix. It's a, it's a wild mix, tall wheat grasses to shorter buffalo and fescues, a blend. We sell that one mainly you dug a new septic field and you want to cover the scars of construction. That's that's what that's for. But I don't want to mow it or water it. We made another one called Meadow Mix. It's shorter grasses. So it's Indian rice grass. These real short natives. We put some flowers in with it so you get this meadowy blooming mix. All those are good to start right now. I can't emphasize that enough. This is the best time. Uh, lawns, be, be careful what kind of grass that you put out there. So I suggest putting out, we have two varieties here. One is, we call it the Prescott blend. It's what's around the courthouse. It's bluegrass and ryegrass and it's super soft and it's so pretty, but it's a higher water user and it's and it spots a little easier when you have dogs. So it's, it's prettier. It's the one you see photographed in the front of, of magazines. That's the lawn, it's beautiful. You just wanna lay in it and roll in it and it's just so soft. It's green. It's a cool season grass. That is, it stays green year round. Whereas many of your Bermudas, buffalo grass, they're summer grasses. They look great in the summer for about four months, and then they're brown the rest of the year. But they're super low water, super easy care because they're just basically not growing most of the year. If you're if you're gardening up here at this at this higher elevation, go with a cool season grass. So it looks good year round. For me, I plant fescue. We call it a, a heat heat loving mix or, or a summer mix. It takes the sun, but fescues have a root structure that go down two, three feet. I mean, down they go down to China. So they're much more robust, has much lower water. 
They'll take the spotting from, from dogs or, or animal spotting much, much better. The blade on it is a little bit thicker, but you could hardly notice it. I don't think you could notice it. I sort of can. I'm looking at the roots, but you've got a fescue mix. It's also a cool season grass mix. And you've got a Prescott Blender bluegrass mix. There's two, and both are started now is the peak window. If you don't make it, you could go into April, I guess. But eventually in May, it starts to get warm. You sort of want you want it up and you want your first mowing done before the heat of summer, if possible. Otherwise, you got to be more spot on with the, with the uh, watering techniques. Anyway, if you're thinking lawn, now's the time. Just letting you know. Don't make a mistake, and you wouldn't think that's the case, but but trust me, now is the best time. If you need more on that, come talk to us. It's also the time to start all your veggies and every everything else can start going in now. We're into the garden season. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, hang out here at Waters Garden Center throughout the week and love talking to fans of the show. Waters Garden Companion Plants for March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heaths, Rosemary Creeper, Prescott Pansies, and Fanciful Forsythia. Fanciful Forsythia is a gorgeous spring shrub that explodes with masses of solar yellow flowers, followed by shiny green leaves. Every home should have one for sheer beauty, fall color, and gentle natural care. Shop the brightest spring bloomers in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. We believe retirement means more time to garden and plants make you happier at Waters Garden Center. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more. Or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.